1: Thank you, Scott. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And it's probably somewhere stormy and dark, actually. We got a lot of big weather coming through this week, so stay safe. Before we get started, if you like this podcast, if you love freedom, if you believe in the Constitution, then give us a five-star review. We want to hear from you, and it helps us get better when you give us feedback. So like us on Facebook at Must Read Alaska, and Be sure to follow us on Parler, that's P-A-R-L-E-R.com, where we still have free speech for conservatives. I'm Suzanne Downing. My co-host, John Quick, is on the other mic. Scott is on the soundboard, and of course, you can hear Scott on the Wednesday edition of the Must Read Alaska Show, which he is hosting and doing a great job of. Thank you, Scott, for that. We've got a lot going on in Alaska, but John, I just want you to tell us first what's going on in the Kenai, down there in Paradise.
0: Well, hello, Suzanne. John Quick here uh, on the Kenai Peninsula down here in Nikiski, Alaska. And while, well, we've got a, a flurry of different things going on on the peninsula, whether in Soldotna, Kenai, Homer, city councils are uh, trying to do new things, whether it's new plastic bag ordinances or mandates. They're just in a fury trying to add more stuff to uh, what their citizens can and can't do. But we have, through God's good grace, the best mayor in all of Alaska, Mayor Charlie Pierce, and He's he came out last week. He's a great guy, good friend of mine, and he came out last week. And on the Kenai Peninsula, schools are basically closed. Uh, you're good. You're doing the Zoom thing with your kids, or you're doing homeschool. And Mayor Pierce came out last week and said, "Enough is enough. Schools need to reopen per CDC recommendations." CDC recommends that schools need to be open. Our schools need to be open. We need to put kids' education first. And this is unfair to students, parents, and teachers. Kids need to go to school. They need to be open. And uh, so, it so pretty- that's it's really
1: interesting because you know you're you're saying, you know, the mayor is saying CDC says the schools need to be open, but the teachers' unions are preventing teachers from going and some teachers maybe going along with this are preventing teachers from going back into the classroom. How do you get teachers back in the classroom?
0: Well, I think that uh, I think there's a fair number of teachers here on the peninsula and probably around the state that want to go back to the classroom. They want to go back and have in-person school. And oftentimes when it when it comes to a teacher's union, one percent is the loudest and the other 90 percent are just kind of going along to get along and uh, I, I think that the majority of folks want to be back in school, whether, whether you're a teacher or whether you're a student or whether you're a parent, they want to be back in school. Now, these one per, the 1% of the loudest people in the teachers' union, including the leadership of the teachers' union, has basically said, we're not coming back until it's 100% safe. Well, guess what? You're probably never going to come back again because there's going to be a virus or a flu every year, and it's not the government's job to make everything around you 100% safe so (laughs)
1: that's true so um so uh, so he's just the mayor he's not the school board so what what good does it do for him to say this kids need to go back to school
0: you know he doesn't yeah he doesn't have any administrative authority over the schools uh he does he it's the biggest line item budget in the borough's budget all sales tax and about a third of all property tax here on the Kenai Peninsula borough goes towards schools so I think it's Probably in their best interest to probably listen to him because at the end of the day he's the one who makes the budget for the borough. and if schools aren't open, there's no real reason to fund the schools. So mm, yeah, he's got you know. that.
1: But still, he still has to get that through his appropriators, which would be the the uh, assembly, and so that might be tricky as well.
0: Oh yeah, it's always going to be tricky, and he's he's the guy that's going to veto everything because he does he's going to do what he thinks right, and even if the veto is not going to stand, he'll still veto it.
1: That's one of the beautiful things about not being uh, now. He's not up for re reelection ever. This is his last go through, right?
0: This is his last hurrah, and uh, you know, I think his the thing of him putting out this statement was of to show where he is. You know, he's drew a line in the sand. He's, he's going to show where he stands, and he's going to give the the administration and the teachers union the opportunity to rise to the occasion and to truly put kids education first instead of their political ideologies.
1: Really, really interesting. So s- some other stuff going on in Soldatna. So they've got a city council vacancy there and it's, um, it, they've got three applicants for it that I noticed. I'm going to be writing about this later today, but maybe you could help fill me in so that when I write about it, I know what I'm talking about. So you've got three applicants and this is for the, the seat that the, now the mayor has. Tell, what's going on with the Soldatna city council seat?
0: So there's the city council seat is going to be vacant, and and it's my understanding that there's three names that have been put forward, and they don't those people don't need to be don't need to run. They just their names get put forward, and then they get voted on who gets, uh, you know who's going to be filling that vacant seat. Now one of these people in particular, um, this the city of Soldatna and the Kenai Peninsula Borough knows very well. It's Linda Farmsworth Hutchings. Now she ran against Mayor Pierce in 2017, and again. Uh, this last year. And she's somebody who immediately after losing uh, in 2017 for the Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor, uh, went to a referendum to double your sales tax. She's somebody who ran and said, I'm not going to increase taxes. And literally two weeks after she lost, she she goes and she tries, she files a referendum to gather signatures to double your sales tax. And she didn't gather enough signatures It failed again. It failed miserably. And uh, she went on to do things that, like the city of Soldatna is trying to annex certain parts of the Kenai Peninsula borough that are unincorporated. And it's a very contentious subject. And she is for that being annexed without people getting a chance to vote on it. Now it seems it's like everything you know. that
1: everything that people are for, she's against. Everything that she's against, people are for. So, who are the other two people who are in the running for this that the um, the the city council has to decide on? And this is a really important position because it will run all the way until next year. I mean, it's it's a, almost a full year. So, who else is running?
0: Uh, Micah Shields and Eric. Hergara, if I'm saying that correctly. I think it's
1: Hugarte. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's an awesome last name. And to awesome be honest, I don't know name. much about these other two folks, but um, I, I can tell you that uh, that Linda Farnsworth Hutchings is somebody who's going to look out for the best interests of the select few that have made it into her circle of friends. And that's about it.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, so um, Pete Sprague, it just just um, he... He won, uh, he, he was on this, he was, he he was mayor, and now Paul Whitney's mayor. And so this is the seat that Paul Whitney's to have. So that's really interesting. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that. I'll be writing about that. Now, one last thing about the Kenai, I mean, about Soldatna is that on Wednesday, they are actually going to be um, bringing in a, an ordinance that would be a mask mandate for everybody who is in a public space indoors. And that would be the kind of the first on the Kenai. I don't just does, does Homer have one? I can't remember if homer has got a mask mandate? Well, you were down there recently. What'd you see?
0: I don't wear a mask anywhere. So people were wearing masks, but uh, I would say that uh, the city of Soldat if they enact this, they'll be one of the first on the peninsula to enact a mask mandate. And I'll just tell you right here and now that this is a very bad idea, that city council members should not be mandating health care decisions for everybody in their city or everybody in the borough or whoever is going to, you know, continue to put this up the chain. Uh, this is not a good idea. It'll be very, w- it'll be not well received. Uh, the city of Soldatin is notorious for, uh, for voting on things, really what against the people's will and continue to vote on things that people don't like, but they'll keep pushing down people's throats. And, you know, I hope it gets voted down to put, but to be honest, it'll probably pass. And mm. they'll see a lot of backlash and you'll see a lot of people that will say, I'm not going to go shop in the city of Soldotna anymore. And so if you're a city of Soldotna council member and you're listening to this, you're going to be putting a nail in the coffin for businesses in Soldotna just so you can sit on your little virtue box and say that you did your fair share. Yeah, we don't need yeah. to told what to do. Uh, we can, well, we're that, pretty much good on our own.
1: Well, that's pretty interesting because that's what happened in Anchorage is that a lot of people have just left. Uh, the whole commercial sector in Anchorage and are doing all of their commerce now in the valley and they've made a conscious effort and they just go out to the valley for all their purchases and their shopping and so Anchorage is missing out on a lot of um well they don't get sales tax revenue but it's just they're they're missing out on commercial activity and people who are coming into Anchorage right now are saying it just looks like Night of the living dead down there because it is um sort of all the You know, the buildings are sort of boarded up and abandoned. You don't want that happen in uh, Sildaten as well. Now, I did hear from Jason Floyd over there at Amelcan Coffee, and he said he is going to testify on this on Wednesday night. But they actually have another hearing on this for just testifying on this on December 16th. And so people are interested in this particular um, issue. They can go and testify um, yes or no on December 16th, and that's when they'll vote on it. And it will, if they vote in favor, it will go into effect on December 18th. And that will be interesting to see. Now, interestingly enough, down there in in Sitka, the city council just decided to not put a mask mandate on and not to lock the city down anymore. They're making strong suggestions that people practice all the guidelines, you know, wear a mask when you're out in public, when you can't stay away from people, try to stay away from um, people, you know, six feet or 10 feet. And also keep your 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 social circle small so that you have less of a risk of infecting somebody or getting infected. But they're not going to actually mandate it, which is interesting. Yeah, good for them. That's not yeah, what you expect from Sitka. <laughs> Sitka is kind of a, a a liberal town. They tend to do whatever the you know the current liberal thinking is, but not this time. Hey, I wanted to talk to you. Speaking of. Um, Speaking of the Kenai, you've got Senator Peter Machiki, District O. He is the one who is most likely to become Senate president. But I know that they have tried to organize the Alaska Senate. We've got 13 Republicans and uh, seven Democrats, but they haven't been able to, to quite get their organization together yet. So what is going on with that? you know, you that's shake a shaking your good head.
0: Question. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> It's part of the I think sometimes it's frustrating to sit back and watch whether that's the House or the Senate try to organize because to the person that's kind of the innocent bystander, they put so much effort into organizing. Can they just put that much effort into balancing the damn budget because we're running out of money and it's getting it's just they're so worried about who's going to be this and who's going to be that and what's going to happen here. I'm worried about the fact that we don't have enough money to spend the amount of money that we're supposed to be spending and that the only solutions that I've heard from folks in the mainstream even conservative circles of the House or the Senate is well we're just going to have to you know look at the permanent fund or we're just going to have to maybe down the road look at maybe a sales tax have you ever heard about just cutting can we just do that please because that would be amazing and um You know, this is the part where I want to encourage whoever is the president, Senate president, which Peter Machicky is a friend of mine. God bless Peter Machicky. If this is going to be what he's going to take up, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to look at cuts of personnel, too, because oftentimes we look at like, oh, we're going to cut post-it notes and we're going to, you know, get down on people's cell phone bills when the big expense is we got 3000 people in that department. We don't know what 2000 of them do. That is something that needs to be looked at and cut to the bone because we just don't have any money and, and we don't want to tax. And so plan accordingly. If you're the Senate president.
1: One of the things that could be really interesting for them is to, to see how this Medicaid um, bill shows up for them, because although, uh, the the Medicaid expansion is primarily paid for by the federal government, but the traditional Medicaid is a 50-50 split. And there are a lot of people right now in this environment who are going into that Medicaid uh, program because they've lost their jobs. They need medical care for various reasons. And quite honestly, that is going to just balloon the budget. And in, um, in, in a year that we just we'll see if the federal government will ha- will come up with a third stimulus. I know that they're uh, that the governor is asking for a third stimulus as well because I don't know how we p- patch the budget up. But but you know there's something that was really interesting. It's the it's at the top of must read Alaska this week. It's the FBI investigation. I don't know if you've heard much about that, John, but um, it's fascinating because it's been in it's been on the sort of the back burner for. Months at least since June, and several of our senators have been interviewed by the FBI. Now, I can't tell you which ones because I'm I'm sworn to confidentiality. But I can tell you there are enough of them that have been interviewed. Evidently, one legislator or more talked to the FBI about some vote trading business. It was it was trading, um, is you know, pay for play kind of thing is how it was presented, and that got the FBI interested in calling people. Um, it, I've got a, a short story about it up at the top of Must Read Alaska, but it's really not, it hasn't been kind of fleshed out yet because there's st- stuff going off in the background that we're not 100% sure of, but we do know that they were going to call a grand jury and that there was more than one senator who was being called in on a date certain to testify at a grand jury. And it was about whether or not there were extraordinary things being offered for votes in the um, in the Senate organization being run by uh, Kathy Giesel, Senate, current Senate President Kathy Giesel, and outgoing she's outgoing now because uh, she was she was beat in the in the election. So I know that several have been interviewed, and um, I know that uh, that this has been going on all summer. But recently, word of it leaked out, and it leaked out after the the Senate caucus met. So I mean, the Republican caucus met. So they met uh, about three weeks ago and these are private conversations. They are not supposed to get out of the room, but this investigation leaked out of the room and uh, it's fascinating that they are using it to, sort some, some people apparently are trying to mess with each other. Anything that's inside that circle, they're trying to decide who's gonna be the Senate president, who's gonna be rules chair, who's gonna be majority leader, who's gonna be have what committees, and what the things are that they are going to agree on as a caucus and whether or not it's going to be a binding caucus. In other words, we're going to agree on that we all vote together on the budget or we don't vote on the budget. But um, none, of, none of that is going to happen if they can't trust each other enough to even keep something like this inside their circle of trust. So that uh, nothing ever came of the grand jury that i know of but i'm i'm sure that it has a lot of these legislators are super stressed out about it i know for a fact that one of them was was being asked to wear a wire by the fbi which is interesting watch
0: i would say just in general you know that if i could re if i could reiterate one point from here until the house and the senate meet is the average alaskan could give a crap who the rules oh. chair is they want to know how you're going to cut the budget. Yeah. What are you going to cut? How are you going to cut it? How many staff, how many, how many positions are you not going to fill? And how many millions and multi-millions and hundreds of millions of dollars are you going to cut out of the budget? We don't care who the rules chair is. Great, have one. We want to know how you're going to cut it, when you're going to cut it, how soon you're going to cut it, and how we're going to balance the budget with revenues to expenditures without dipping into savings.
1: Spoken like a true budget hawk. Well, let's uh, switch topics and talk a little bit about what's happening on Tuesday in Anchorage, because this is of high importance to a lot of our listeners who are in the Anchorage area. Basically, we are going into another lockdown. Now, the, the acting mayor, who has not been elected as mayor, she's just simply stepped in to serve as mayor because our former mayor left in disgrace. Um, she has decided that we're going to go into what she calls a, you know, modified hunker down mode, but this is a drastic shutdown. We could still do takeouts from restaurants and you can still, um, you could still probably pick up alcohol uh, on the curbside, but the bars and restaurants are effectively closed and except, I think you can have, um, outdoor dining but it's december nobody's going to have outdoor dining it's ridiculous indoor gatherings are now limited to six people outdoor gatherings are limited to 10 people and uh, indoor gyms you can You can have a 25% capacity. I don't know how a gym owner can even manage that. I mean, if somebody shows up at the gym and he says, I'm sorry, it looks like we're at 25% capacity, come back in an hour. And if you come back in an hour and it's still at 25%, pretty soon, you're not going to belong to that gym. You're just going to quit. Organized sports. There's no indoor competition. This is a problem. Bingo halls, private theaters are closed. Any private clubs or any entertainment is closed. Um, and if you're going to a salon, it's 25 percent capacity and they will not they will not trim your beard, John, because you you would have to take off your mask for that. So if you want your beard trimmed, it's going to have to be out in the valley or on the Kenai. Maybe you could maybe you could get as far as Seward. I, th-
0: I think we should pass like a mandate that says they are limited to 25 percent of the authority that they normally have. And restricted to only making one decision during any assembly meeting.
1: Yeah, well, this is um, this is the the mayor who is Austin Quinn Davidson, who is our um, she has been mayor since October 23rd. What was really interesting is that she left the churches uh, in a separate category, churches and political activity, she said, could be at like 50 percent capacity. And uh, she wasn't going to uh, try to crack down on churches in the same way that Governor Andrew Cuomo cracked down on the synagogues in New York City. And what's interesting is that he cracked down on them and said, no, they have to be closed. She basically said, well, we're going to just say it is, uh, you know, 50 percent capacity for them. But just last week, the U.S. Supreme Court made a huge decision and they decided that, that what Andrew Cuomo had done was absolutely in violation of the first amendment because he interfered with your ability to practice your faith. And so they threw out his, um, his closures. And and he's really in the doghouse in, in New York city over this because it seems like he really has had something in for the Orthodox Jews, Jews there, but um, Mm -hmm. the Hasidics there, but this, in this case, it's the same thing. She is basically telling churches and synagogues or, or mosques that they can only be at 50% capacity. Now for Christians during this time of year, that's a big deal uh, to tell people that they, they can't go to church. And um, I think that this puts her at big odds with the uh, US constitution. And I think that what our conservative Supreme Court has said is, yep, you are out of line with that. And I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. But I'm dying to hear.
0: <laughs> I got a couple thoughts. You know, I think <laughs> no, that, No, they uh, have to be clean. <laughs> okay. I uh you know, I think it's uh I think that specifically as it relates to uh people gathering for church, what no matter what church you go to, whether it's a Christian church or a Catholic church or a Jewish church or whatever it may be, I think that they should be allowed to gather. I think that that this acting mayor, again, not elected acting mayor, is shoving down unconstitutional uh, really of just her thoughts and mandating people's behaviors and stifling your ability to practice your religion uh, based off of how much tyranny she wants to equate to herself at any given day. And I just... I pray to God that the churches in Anchorage do not listen to her because you are allowed to gather. The Supreme Court just said you are allowed to gather. If some one of the cronies from her band shows up and tries to fine you, just refer them back to the uh, Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is the final say basically for any of this stuff. And, And not only that is Somebody needs to get their act together. I would say these churches that are saying that they can only be at 50% capacity come together and sue the pants off of these folks for saying yeah. that you can only gather at 50%. The churches have the resources. They have the attorneys in their congregations. It's now time to act. We're not to sit back and be sheep and being told to, oh, just jump off the ledge. It's good for you. No, God gave you a brain. So let's use it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was just before the, the closure took effect, takes effect on Tuesday, I, um, I noticed that the one of the governor's communication professionals, Dave Steeren, former radio host, he, he put something up on Facebook saying everybody needs to go out and just go to your favorite bar or your restaurant and party like it's New Year's Eve because come Tuesday, it's all being shut down. And I and then the next thing that happens, the Anchorage Press, which is a leftist uh, paper, did a story about how horrible he is and why, why he would do such a thing and encourage people to go out to restaurants and bars, which is hilarious. And now I have just gotten, I have just received the list of questions from the Anchorage Daily News political reporter to Dave Steeren interrogating him on why he would have put that on his personal Facebook page. And he said, on Thursday, following the announcement of the city's upcoming hunker-down mandate, you posted on Facebook that people should go to their favorite bar or restaurant and party like it's New Year's Eve. Also on Thursday, you posted that the new emergency order in Anchorage taking effect Tuesday morning will cause panic, increase case counts, and kill the economy. Also on Thursday, you posted to the Hideaway Club's Facebook page stating that Acting Mayor Anchorage, um, Mayor Austin Quinn-Davidson is, quote, killing us that he should throw a New Year's Eve party at the bar on Monday. And it goes on and on. And then he says, does the governor agree with the statements you made? Do you speak for the office of the governor when making political statements on your social media page? If not, why should the public view your statements as separate from the state's public health advice? Has the governor talked to you about these posts? If so, what was said, means that it is long, there's about 20 questions here. What is Dr. Zink's view? Have you advised the governor to resist enacting a state mask mandate? I mean, man, the daily news is just all over this. All he said is, hey, it's legal up until Tuesday morning. So have at it. Go have some fun because the rest of the month, you're closed. You can't go out. I mean, he is practicing his free speech rights, but you have a newspaper that is you know, in effect, threatening him that if he that they are going to do a story and and that it ends by saying my deadline is 3 p.m. Today, please contact me with any questions. Of course, you know what this means. This means that they're going after the governor's staff once again over at the ADM. And this is just what they do. They they're trying to just get rid of people.
0: You know, our. the. The average person in Alaska, our deadline for the Anchorage Daily News to produce a real story was like 10 years ago, and we're still (laughs) waiting on it. So anytime you want to do that, that would be awesome. And kudos to Dave, because he has his First Amendment rights. He used his personal Facebook page. And do not be scared by the tactics of the left who wish, really, what they wish to do is they wish to get Dave fired. That's all that's all that's their wish. They they could care less about him, his family. All they care about is silencing Dave, getting Dave fired and making sure that Dave no longer has a career in Anchorage. Yep. And really what I, if I was Dun Levy or Dave, I would, I would call them and I would just tell them to go pound sand and that, you know, maybe look into doing a real story for once in your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like they obsess over stuff like this. It's just hilarious. So listen, um, We've got to we've got to wrap up here pretty soon, but I wanted you to tell us about tell people about the twelve days of Christmas project that we have going on. This was your idea, and I love this idea. It is brilliant. So can you tell people how to get involved with it?
0: Yeah. So uh, must read Alaska about gosh. Five months ago now, we we uh, sponsored Amocan Coffee, and we saw that there was a business, and they were hurting, and we wanted to do something for businesses all across Alaska, but we decided to kind of pinpoint and pick one. And so we picked Amocan Coffee, and I think we were able to raise like t- close to $10,000 for Amocan Coffee, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I think Literally, so. We
1: kept, we kept them going
0: cut them a check for $10,000 through a GoFundMe. And so we wanted to kind of open this up to all businesses in Alaska. And so we decided to do the 12 days of Christmas. And really, we want to highlight businesses throughout these 12 days of Christmases, 12 days of Christmas, businesses that have struggled because of COVID, because of mandates that were unnecessary, because of the fact that schools have closed and people are out commercing. And so if you or somebody you know has a business that has struggled during COVID, please uh, email us at john at or go to our Facebook page. It's pinned to the top and nominate them in the comment field. We're going to highlight tw- uh, 12 different businesses and we're going to give you a way to help them out. Throughout this hard time, you know it's not going to make anybody millionaires, but you know in a time where where businesses are struggling, uh, just an awareness and possible bucks thrown their way is going to be very helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. So if you know of a business that's struggling that could use a little help, we will highlight twelve of them um, over twelve days. Uh, in, in a few days, we'll get this project started. So don't be shy. Nominate a business for us, and we'll and t- let us know how to how to get in touch with the the business owner so that we can reach out and um, and get that going. And also, um, John, tell us about uh, the Wednesday edition of the podcast because I really want people to also know that it's not it's not just Monday. We also we also publish on Wednesday.
0: Yes, the fiery Scott Levesque is on our Wednesday podcast. He is solo in it, and every once in a while he might bring in a guest. But he is going to fire up the uh, midweek podcast. So for folks that uh, need a little mid midweek podcast in their life, we have one on Wednesdays. So make sure to check us out. And again, if you like this podcast, this is something that we're doing kind of as a as a thing for folks in Alaska just to have. Um, please go and do a review for us because that helps us with our metrics and our measurements. And we would love to hear from you. And again, we would love a five-star review, but any review would be great. Uh, five-star would be amazing.
1: That would be amazing. And also remember, we've got newsletters coming out Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, And of course, every single day, there's a ton of content at mustreadalaska.com. And I love working with you. I love working with you, Scott. And we've got a great team at Must Read Alaska. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, I just want to thank you so much. It makes all of this possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska and to oppose what's wrong. If you'd like to support the conservative side of the news, the donate button is right there on the right side of mustreadalaska.com and you'll keep us standing strong against that big blue tide of liberal media. Until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. We'll see you then right here on the Must Read Alaska show. Stay frosty, everyone.